This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. sound of summer right there that is the like, sound of summer right yeah. there all right i'm marnie vinge and this is irioki and i'm here tonight again with jeff provine hey and we're gonna talk something i am super excited because when you told me about this i was like what like oh my god yeah. so just take it away okay so uh gosh where even to start well i guess uh I'm more into folklore and legend and that mm-hmm. kind of cool stuff, but always, you know, true crime's a little interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I stumbled upon a serial killer in 1910's Shawnee. Oh. And I had no idea, and it's just been an unbelievable story that, yeah. that just has unfolded that um, we'll find out about. Yeah. Uh, but I guess first, uh, started in on this, uh, uh, doing research for the Haunted Shawnee book, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know... Uh, part of the process, you know, digging into newspaper archives and saying, yeah. you know, what, what is there that you might not understand, might yeah. not think of and all this, mm-hmm. uh, which you can find all kinds of crazy stories. Like, uh, as I was working more recently with the Haunted Oklahoma book, mm-hmm. um, found out up in Fairview, they were haunted by a ghost for several months in 1919. Oh, wow. Yeah. True story. They, uh, the entire town shut down, like people bouldered themselves up their houses, like this, uh, figure she was described as uh, a very thin woman with a pale white face and wearing a long black dress oh my gosh uh, and she would just appear in the streets and yeah. walk around peek through people's windows sometimes she'd just walk through walls and doors and like wow just appear in people's that is, bedrooms and oh like, wow yeah. that Crazy. makes me think of um jim whitehead when he told mm. about uh in like the Ninica area there was apparently like a werewolf sighting back in the like 1800s, uh-huh. 1900s, something kind of like that, where it was like the whole town was like in on it. Like this yeah. is something is going on. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. oh, that's and, cool. That's like old timey ghost story kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I love it. So crazy. And, uh, and they like set up deputies to try to trap her and like wow. all this crazy stuff. Uh, <sighs> and it was making statewide news and all this. And How has uh, no one ever heard? Like, that's so cool. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was just really big for, you know, several months. Yeah. And then. Uh, never, no explanations, talked to a mm-hmm. couple of people, but never made any sense. Uh, there was an instance where she showed up at a Christmas party. Uh, she, the people were you know, all circled around wow. there in the parlor, but you know, yeah. a parlor back then. Uh, and she just stood there in the middle, just came up out of the floor. Wow. And she pointed at one of the girls and said, uh, you have my cat. I want her back. And the girl, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and one of the guys jumped and tried to tackle her. And, like, oh. she was gone. And, like, yeah, just Oh, that crazy. is wild. Yeah. Uh, and then also no explanation. Just never showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just kind of dwindled off. And 
And then uh, that was what I was finding out through the Fairview Republican, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, the Oklahoma Historical Society, they've got awesome collections of old newspapers mm-hmm. and a lot of them are digitized. Um, but this only was digitized up to December 31st, 1919. Oh, and wow. like, well, what happened next? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, you can't leave me hanging. Yeah. <laughs> um, so went up to the History Center, uh, and anybody can do this. You can go look at the uh, old microfilm. Mm-hmm. They've got awesome staff there, like three different people saying constantly, hey, can I help you with something? Like, what, yeah. is, what can I do? And yeah, it was great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, just trolled through and finally found out. Uh, they had another article there about February or, or March um, where uh, the editor posted a little thing saying, hey, remember when we had that ghost? And everybody was like, that was crazy. Uh, well, turns out, I guess she just moved and has reappeared in Milan, Missouri. Uh, they had the exact same description. Lady with this gaunt oh, white face. So weird. Black dress. Uh, yeah. That's wild. So, yeah. Man, a ghost that like picks up and moves to a different town. That's kind of, I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is really weird. So, very strange. But you never know what you're going to find. You just start yeah. Googling things. That is, so, that's cool. Yeah. So, Next time you're bored, go type in ghost at the Historical Society's um, online stuff. See what you can find. That sounds like fun. Uh, which a lot of it are uh, fictional ghost stories that have the mm-hmm. serials in the old newspapers. And oh, yeah. So oh, that's so, cool. So, yeah. yeah. I find out all kinds of weird, weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, type that in for the Shawnee News uh, and came up with a ghost story. And I'm like, oh, this is very exciting. Um, so in January of 1911, uh, there were some young people who went to go investigate the apparition. And, and it just referred to the apparition. I'm like, okay, well, what are you talking about? So, But even back then, kids were legend tripping, right? I'm that's like, oh, amazing. You know, I hear this ghost and so forth. Oh, that's so, so cool. <laughs> um, so they went out to McConkie's uh, pasture, So, which uh, a, li- a woman had been gunned down there uh, a couple of years before. And people were like, oh, she still shows up and you can see this thing happening and mm-hmm. so forth. So... Uh, so they would sneak out there and see, they, they say you could see the lady wearing a white dress and she would, uh, take off screaming, running. And then suddenly there'd be this gunshot sound and fall to the ground. Oh, wow. If you ran fast enough, you could see your dead body. And if not, you miss it. So, so, uh, so pretty cool legend trip. Yeah. I mean, wow. That's, it's really interesting too, that it's like, um, an imprint kind of Mm -hmm. a story. That's cool. Like, wow. So definitely interesting interesting yeah. enough from that uh, yeah which from this story uh they were out there hanging around kind of looking and their neighbor uh saw these kids out there and he was you know sick of trespassers so he's yeah. gonna go deal with them uh he grabbed his gun and he was wearing this white long uh, uh dressing shirt so he was running out there and the kids all turn to see this figure draw dressed in white running <laughs> at them and they freak out oh uh, yeah the it says that the girls all scream and the men start yelling and uh, stood speechless in fear. And so anyway, so he ran up there, started yelling at him, and they figured out it's not actually a ghost. And, uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, the just kind of a cute story. Yeah. Um, but then like, well, what's this murder about? Like, mm. what's going on there? So start digging into the old archives and and seeing what's going on. So uh, uh, that goes back to May twelfth, nineteen oh nine. So the Shawnee Daily Herald uh, had front page headline news, murdered in lonely pasture. So this lady, Molly uh, Colclasher, uh, was there. Uh, she had moved into town. She was uh, a widow. She had a couple little kids, um, pretty, fairly recently widowed. Uh, but she had a boyfriend who uh, had lived near her previously. And actually, when she moved into Shawnee trying to get some work, he moved in there, too, and mm-hmm. was uh, you know, just trying to find some work as well. 
yeah. show, just you know, courting her as he did mm -hmm. back in that day. Um, so they went out for a stroll one night. Um, I mean, this is 1909, and that's back when uh, they had the big uh, amusement park there on the south side of town. Um, so, which we'll talk about. Oh, that's cool. Like a, anyway, but they just went out for a walk, uh, walking through the pasture, I guess, is what you did in 1909. Yeah. I don't, that's still what you do in country yeah, places. So, that is true. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not too bad. Mm. Um, so they were walking, and uh, Claude Garman, uh, his name, uh, they're having a good time when a third party arrives with a six-shooter. So this guy just shows up with a gun, and uh, the man said, I know you, Lindsay. Get out of here or I'll kill you. And, you know, this guy's Claude, Claude Gorman, so he doesn't know what he's talking about. But the guy has a gun, so uh, they uh, split off running in different directions. So, which, pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, Garmin hears some gunshots, uh, but, you know, not going to stop. Just keeps going. Uh, books it all the way back to Shawnee. And, uh, you know, finally catches his breath and, like, okay, goes back to her apartment to check on her. And uh, nobody's there. So mm. he checks with uh, the uh, lady who owned the house and like she hadn't seen her all night. Yeah. You, know, you were the last one I saw her with. And it's like, okay, well, what happened? So he goes to the police and says, hey, like some guy pulled a gun on us. Like we get, mm -hmm. um, we need to go check this out. And I'm like, yeah. well, you know, it's pretty serious. So a couple of guys, a couple of cops go out with him. Uh, they check the pasture, can't find anything um, and say, okay, well, you know, maybe she just hadn't gotten back to town yet and so forth. So they go back to Shawnee. Uh, he, uh, goes back to her place and checks again and she's still not there and so forth. And then that next morning, um, the, uh, McConkey, the guy who owns the pasture goes out there working and sees her dead, uh, shot twice, uh, once in the back of the head and one in the back, uh, just brutal, like just knocked down there. Uh, and they, uh, had had missed her the night before. She, they, they said they were must have been fifty feet away. Just couldn't find her at night because it's mm -hmm. nineteen oh nine. And uh, so they found her. And McConkie, you know, of course, goes to the police. And the police come out and check her. And they go and arrest Garmin. They say, okay, well, you know, this might be a little suspicious. You know, yeah, you know, all this stuff. Um, and it was known that he had a gun, uh, but this was like a major uh, uh, forty-five caliber, like tore yeah. apart type, type yeah. gun and he had just you know a little six revolver that, right yeah. yeah so shooting little 20 20 uh 22 bullets or something mm -hmm. so very different gun but he had a gun uh they were out there that last night so probably him right mm -hmm. no no definitely not <laughs> uh, yeah but like that's what the, what they say right right yeah you know, yeah, like, yeah you gotta gotta get something so people mm -hmm. feel safe so uh, they arrest him and talk to him real good. And he's like, no, it wasn't me. Uh, they, they say, well, we found uh, she was wearing your jacket. And he's like, yeah, I know. I gave it to her. Like, it was cold. Yeah. So uh, in that pocket, they, they find some letters that uh, he's written to her, you know, professing love and so mm. forth. And, and these love letters written back and forth. And they're like, ah, this proves that you have a connection. He's like, I never denied we had a connection. <laughs> right, like, yeah, I, totally, I gave her the yeah, jacket. Yeah. yeah like, like, obviously, why would I kill her? I love <laughs> right, her. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, maybe she was breaking off with you. Like, because mm -hmm. she was talking about moving to another town and, and uh, you know, trying to find some better work and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, like that. That's what we were talking about. Like, I was totally game to go with her and all this stuff. And, and they're like, no, nah, it's too suspicious. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and. <clears throat> and they found some witnesses, two boys that said they saw a man uh, running away 
as soon as they had heard those gunshots and so forth. So mm-hmm. they're like, ah, oh, we found, have identified. Yeah. Uh, but the witnesses identified him, as the person they'd seen as kind of the short, stocky guy, very swarthy skin, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Claude Gorman's kind of a tall, skinny guy with white skin. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, it was dark. I'm like, well, then how does that help your case? Right, yeah. Uh, but no, they actually, he goes to trial and uh, gets uh, busted for murder of, of this lady. And like, wow. Yeah. So, and for years, uh, he's, he's in prison. Um, mm-hmm. uh, his mother's constantly writing letters to the governor saying, clearly didn't do this, like, do yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, and while I was reading all of that, uh, there was a mention that uh, uh, this wasn't the first time this had happened. So oh, wow. something big was going down. All right. Uh, so started digging into some more bits of stories. Oh, I'm excited. So yeah, and uh, it wasn't just like oh this you know there had been another uh, killing or something, but mm-hmm. uh, over and over again. So first one I could track down, um, 1906, uh, just east of Tecumseh, uh, there was a young man discovered in a buggy, um, uh, gunned down, and the girl he had accompanied him uh, was lying dead a quarter of a mile away. So the murder weapon had been a large caliber gun, so but probably a 45 again. Uh, and they couldn't find a weapon, but the police determined that was probably a murder-suicide situation. Mm-hmm. And That's kind of weird if they can't find the weapon. Right, because how do like, you do Like, one that? of them, yeah, should have it with them. Yeah. Like, hmm. But still, once, once again, very similar situation. You get a young couple who want to go mm-hmm. out and be by themselves for a while. Uh, and somebody just pops out of nowhere yeah. and, and gets them. Uh, so that was early 1906. A little bit later in 1906, uh, Charles McDaniels uh, and his girlfriend are attacked. So uh, he actually survived. So he was shot in the back, uh, was uh, crippled for the rest of his life. Uh, but while uh, he was you know, shot bleeding there, trying to you know, do his best to keep living, uh, it's whoever the attacker was grabbed his girlfriend, dragged her away into the bushes, uh, attacked her and then gunned her down. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he managed to give his uh, account that this was, uh, once again, it was a, a really broadly built, uh, darkly skinned, short guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, wow. Probably the same person over again. Uh, September 1910, uh, Victoria Page and uh, her companion, Mr. Shiflet, uh, and her daughter, Irene, and Irene's boyfriend, Willie Canales, uh, also Willie Vaughn, sometimes the newspaper called him. Um, they were out there uh, over in Benson Park, uh, which I don't know if you can find anything left of it anymore. Maybe some uh, roads stuff, but it was you know big 1900s uh, amusement park. So just like um, you know, we used to have the amusement park on the Oklahoma River that is now escaping me. That's where our first zoo was. Is it Spring Lake? Um, no, a little bit south of that. Um, um. Anyway, it doesn't I, matter. I only know about Spring Lake because my mom likes to tell me the story where she and my aunt went there and there was an Everly Brothers concert and the <laughs> Everly Brothers actually hung out with her and my aunt and rode all the roller coasters with them, Whoa. like all over the park that day. And uh, that's one of her favorite stories <laughs> to tell me. It's really, it's pretty cool, but. Well, that can't beat that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they Man, they thought they had like won the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's all kind of Belle Isle, you know, used to have yeah. a big amusement park yeah. there. Uh, I mean, just everybody used to have these little amusement parks and, yeah. you know, they're built pretty cheap. So once mm-hmm. the crowds move elsewhere, you can just tear them down and yeah. move on. So Benson Park was the big hangout for the Shawnee area. Mm-hmm. And people would come up from Tecumseh, ride the train, go hang out there too. And uh, they did pretty good business until, you know, kind of had to shut down and mm-hmm. 
Uh, people started doing different things with their times. Yeah. Uh, movies, right? Movies. Yeah. Everything. Yep. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they were down Benson Park, uh, kind of this double date, mother, daughter, and their boyfriends. And uh, they were uh, coming back into town. And as they were passing by this big pile of brush, uh, somebody just started gunning, just firing at them, just kind of sniper shots. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Page uh, just immediately taken out, yeah. shot down. Um, uh, everybody else kind of split up and broke off into different directions. And they finally arrested her daughter's boyfriend and Willie Vaughn and uh, convicted him of murdering her. Wow. And once again, like, uh, wh- why? Right? Yeah. Uh, but he uh, owned a 45 uh, caliber gun. So they, they had that on him. But like, mm. it was at home. Like, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. Was, he wouldn't have had it. Yeah. Like, been coming back from the amusement park. Right. Mm. So very strange. Uh, and then December 1910, uh, Jesse Eddington was discovered unconscious but alive in a ditch near Benson Park. Uh, her boyfriend, Charles Robarts, uh, had led the locals to her. So they had been out uh, out for, you know, uh, evening stroll, uh, or I guess mm-hmm. an evening ride out in the wagon. And then uh, while they were parked, uh, somebody uh, jumped up in the back of the wagon, grabbed mm-hmm. uh, one of the wagon spokes and uh, hit him twice across the head, knocked him down. And then uh, he just kind of took off, just like mm-hmm. something's attacking and, and, yeah. and ran off east. Uh Meanwhile, uh, his girlfriend jumped out and ran the other direction. And uh, so he finally uh, got himself put de- back together. Uh, he had a gun on him, so he tried to go back after this guy, but couldn't, couldn't find anything. So he ran around to a couple of different farmhouses, picked people up, and they formed up oh, wow. kind of this posse and, and went after her. And that's when they found uh, his girlfriend there, uh, almost dead in a ditch. And uh, severely injured, she ended up in the hospital. Um, uh, it was a long time. The newspapers like daily had updates like, is she ready to be interviewed for like, oh, wow. who did this and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, had cases of amnesia. Like, I don't know what happened. Like it was mm-hmm. dark and all this stuff. Uh, but ultimately they decided to convict her boyfriend, Charles Robarts and said he had staged this thing to, to get her for something. That's, I mean, does that make three guys that were uh, yeah put away for supposedly murdering their female companion that's yeah. in a very short period of time and in more. the same area that's, that's right. a little weird yeah like <laughs> so crazy uh 1911 september 3rd there was another one uh mm. this was a brother and sister uh they had gone out to benson park just kind of having a good time uh and then as they were headed back uh their horse's harness broke off and the horse kept going but the wagon stopped and mm. they're like oh that's very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a blowout on uh, flat tire. one of my tires. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, well, okay, it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate, but you can fix this. And so, yeah. so uh, sister stayed there, brother hopped out, ran and got the horse. And as he was bringing it back, he checked the harness to see, you know, how did it, everything snap mm-hmm. at once? Because it's not just like one rope, it's like a bunch of things. Yeah. Uh, and they had been cut. Like, it wasn't brakes all across the way. It had clearly been shaved Ooh. down. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, it was just a matter of time before it broke. And so uh, he was he was kind of spooked by that. And as he was checking it, uh, this guy pops out of the cotton field next to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, his sister screams and takes off running uh, opposite into the next field over. Um, uh, she gets caught and gunfire goes on. Her brother like runs over there trying to rescue her and gets this big fight going on. Uh, they both 
manage to survive the attack and they get picked up. Neighbors start coming all over hearing this gunfire, which, I mean, you've been hearing for a couple of months now. So yeah. something's going on. Uh, by that time, the guy had taken off and they both make it to the hospital where they live for just a couple of days. Uh, and they both give the same description of the short guy, broad, dark skin. Mm. Wow. Something, something's going on. So uh, by this point, people are legitimately saying something's going on. Yeah. Like, uh, these other arrests are cover-ups, like, yeah. this, this is bad. Uh, so, 1911, a group of citizens come together, they form up a concerned citizens organization, and they offer a, a, a reward of $1,000 for the capture of what they labeled the maniac. Wow, that's... Person, which, yeah, that's, yeah. that's $1,000 in 1910 money. Yeah. So, that's that's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, but because everybody was after him now, like, everybody's watching, uh, whoever's doing this clearly knew what he was doing so yeah. he you know tapered off and, mm-hmm. and didn't didn't let this go on um but people keep, did keep up their eyes on this quite a bit and there were a lot of uh concerns about you know who could this be and what was going on and there was one uh rumor that was mentioned and i was trying to find out more information but i couldn't that it mm-hmm. was uh somebody with political connections uh yeah it was somebody uh, a governor's son was what one rumor mm. said uh didn't specify which governor because what know, was the reasoning that or, they thought that uh, because there was such a cover-up so quickly. Oh, was, oh okay. Yes, there okay. Was these political connections that whoever it was just kept getting away with it because yeah, they, they were know, like, "Don't look into yeah, this." Like, yeah. yeah, just go ahead and pin this on this yes. guy and, and yeah. get it going. I could see uh, that. Yeah, yeah. So potential judge connections and all these yeah. different legends of you know mm-hmm. it's actually this guy because of this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's kind of like a Jack the Ripper. How for oh, so yeah. long they mm-hmm. thought you know it could have been. Uh, I can't think of his name, but it was kind of that situation. Someone in power that would have had the connections right. to like cover everything up. But Oh yeah. So and they which, called him the maniac. The maniac. Yeah. That's amazing. So the Shawnee maniac. The Shawnee maniac. Yeah. That's, and, I think we just got the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for a long time, nothing happened. And I guess, I guess that was the end, which, you know, serial killer like that, you pack up and just skip town and yeah, yeah just don't, don't let it. Uh, but 1915, the police claimed they finally caught him. Uh, there was uh, this guy, Ed Berry. So he was kind of a, a ne'er-do-well about town. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, short, but not broad. He was kind of scrawny. Mm-hmm. Um, but there uh, on the east side of Shawnee, like he held up this couple who were uh, just coming back from the store and robbed them of $4.50. So with his high, high caliber pistol. Yeah. And... Uh, but also attacked the lady and mm-hmm. um, did bad things to her. Mm-hmm. So uh, the they both survived and he took off yeah. with, with the cash. And uh, they, of course, went to the police and the police uh, went to go check this guy out because they had description of him. Yeah. And, uh, found him and actually they had him empty his pockets and he had the money that, mm. you know, they could identify as the silver coins that yeah. had been taken. And so they had him pretty good. Uh, and then because it was a robbery and because there was an, an attack and all this, they say, okay, it's, it's probably this guy. Mm-hmm. So people start freaking out saying it's him. We got to get him. So lynch mobs started forming up uh, and they uh, took him down South to, I want to say Ada. Uh, but like people there started hearing about it and lynch mobs and so forth. So oh, the sheriff wow. was very, very cleverly like kept telling him, Oh, we got him here. You know, get, nobody can get in this building. Like the prison's off limits. Mm-hmm. Like it's all, we're all just one. Uh, but they actually slipped him out on the train and put him back in Shawnee. Oh wow. So, so he could await trial there. Yeah. Uh, but somebody found out and lynch mob came in, uh, tore the jail up, grabbed him and, and took care of him. Wow. So. Wow. That is just like, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which, uh, from the descriptions, definitely, I wouldn't say him. Right, yeah. yeah definitely yeah. not with any kind of certainty. Right, Like, yeah, yeah that's, especially because he wasn't broad. Right, yeah. Like, because they all physique. specifically said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stole money, which exactly, they that never too. did before. Yeah. So, uh, the attack was in daylight, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, all the other attacks have been these kind of late traps that have been laid yeah. up. And, like, I mean, mm-hmm. the guy, like, must have known who those kids were. Because, mm-hmm. like, they had... Uh, their horse, right? Right. To cut the bridle, cut the the straps and everything. Yeah. And then, you know, I guess follow them or know which direction they're going at yeah. least. Like, yeah. Small towns get spooky because you know where everybody lives. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. And then you don't know who the serial killer is. Yeah. So, um, anyway, they, uh, lynch mobs are always awful. Mm-hmm. So that's not good. Uh, and then on top of that, because he'd never gone to trial, they were just going to pin all these things on him. Yeah. Uh, but all of those other guys who had been arrested, they they still had that on on their books. Oh, man. Like, yeah. yeah. So which I was searching for him, trying to find anything mm-hmm. through the news where like they, they'd finally got exonerated or all yeah. this and couldn't. So I guess they just kind of. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Mm. So what a what a weird mystery. Oh, that's uh, so. Yeah. I, I immediately thought when you said that the guy in the last one took the four dollars and fifty cents i thought the other guy didn't take anything right. yeah, like he was that. the motive was attacking and killing like yeah that is man i think jeff i think you uncovered a serial killer in shawnee there you go 1910 <laughs> yeah. cold case <laughs> so very cold case yeah oh my gosh that is crazy like i i mean i think it would be <laughs> this was really funny but the other day um in my group chat we send each other articles all the time and like right now everything's very chaotic and stressful and the articles are usually nothing that I really want to see, nothing good. And this article popped up and it was in a an Android thread so it didn't show me the preview and I clicked it and I thought, oh God, oh God, what's this going to be? It was about a serial killer being located somewhere, I don't think it was the United States, I think it was in England or Australia. Um, but they had located like a serial killer's nest basically where all these bodies were stored. And I just remember thinking, I will forever remember 2020 by this moment because when I read that, my immediate thought was, oh, thank God, it's not about COVID-19. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, it's just a serial killer. There you go. Much, and I, much fewer people. I, yeah, I was thinking about that and I was like, I think I would rather be dealing with a serial killer. <laughs> like, that's such a way, yeah, like not not near as scary i think is what's going on right now but oh my gosh that is so cool that you found that all out just yeah just all right there yeah um yeah i mean i'm i'm sure different folks grandparents or great-grandparents are like oh yeah i remember that and oh yeah like we just never went out at night or all this and, oh that's so that's yeah. so weird to think about too like being in a small town at that time and thinking you know it might be one of your neighbors and you just don't yeah. even know like gosh oh man that's crazy. Strange world. Yeah. So. Do you do you ever come across anything like that? Otherwise, like murders that, anything like that in another town? Uh, I, not purposefully. Yeah. Um. Yeah. A lot of my research really sticks to the ghost side, so this yeah. was really kind of accidental. But yeah. I mean, once you start looking into crazy disappearances and things, especially yeah. you know before law enforcement really got into forensics and mm-hmm. all this stuff, like. Uh, there's the crazy story of Dead Woman's Crossing up in Weatherford. Ooh. Um, which is kind of in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, this lady uh, got in a big fight with her husband and she, she was done. Um, 
that their divorce was filed and so forth. Mm -hmm. So her dad uh, picked her up and her daughter uh, and uh, put them on the train there in western Oklahoma. They were heading up toward about Stillwater area. Uh, She was going to go stay with some cousins and, you know, until everything kind of got worked out. Um, And then she never arrived. And, like, um, you know, her her father was waiting and so forth. Never, uh, they would have phones, of course, by this point, and never got a call or anything, uh, never got a letter. And so finally, you know, after two weeks of this, he reaches up to the the cousins and said, hey, you know, is she doing all right? And they said, Mm -hmm. well, we thought she was fine. She We thought she was with you. She never showed up, so we assumed just plans changed and never heard anything. And so, like, so he goes out and hires a private investigator and, like, all this stuff. Um, and the private investigator goes along the train line just asking, you know, see this person, what happened? And finally found, um, she'd gotten off the train there at Weatherford and mm-hmm. gotten with this lady that she had known before. She was actually uh, a roommate from uh, a few years before. Uh, and apparently she had attempted to murder her husband. They, they'd gotten a baseball bat and beaten him and broken his hand and all this oh, wow. crazy stuff. Anyway, bad relationship all around. Mm-hmm. Um so she, uh, they'd gotten into a buggy and, and taken off. And so he goes after him and kind of, you know, tracing steps and so forth and comes across, uh, this Mennonite family out there. And they said, oh yeah, we saw her. Here's the baby. And they said they saw this woman come up and these two women in this buggy come up, um, and, uh, right on. And then later one woman came back with this baby and, uh, the baby's clothes were covered in blood. And she handed the baby to one of the uh, children from the family and said, this is yours now. Take care of it. I'll be right back. Uh, and she left. And, like, that was it. Wow. Um, so uh, they got the sheriff involved in all this investigation, tried to find the body and just mm-hmm. nowhere. Uh, the investigator did finally track her down to Shawnee and worked with local police. They picked her up. Uh, they interrogated her. And she just kept changing her story all this time. And like, mm-hmm. she was, oh, she owed me this money and we were going to do this thing. And it went bad. And she attacked me and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And finally, uh, after like three hours of just nowhere questions, uh, asked if she could go to the restroom. And so they said, fine, you know, went to the bathroom. And then they heard all this, these uh, smashing sounds. And they broke the door in, found her. She poisoned herself and was dead there in the police wow. station bathroom. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Poisoning so. yourself. Never a like easy, I don't think, way yeah. to go. Like yikes. Oh. So Man. I've so, never heard yeah. that story behind Dead Woman's Crossing. That's cool. Where is that at? So it's a little bit northeast of uh Weatherford. And like, okay. like that is the legit name of the bridge. Like there's a sign, oh, wow. Dead Woman's okay. Creek, and like yeah, yeah, you can still go out there. Yeah. Uh which they did finally found the body uh months later. So that all mm-hmm. happened in uh May or June and then August uh a dad and his two kids from El Reno had come out there to do some fishing and mm-hmm. came across his body and like, yeah, oh my and gosh. like decapitated, like really brutal oh. slaying. So that lady was yeah messed up. Wow. Um, so, uh, apparently you can see some ghost stories out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and that's something you can do in your social distancing. Like right. you can yeah. drive out there. That would be yeah, it's very a good thing to do. Rural. Yeah. So. Fun, just Google, fun day trip. Google it. It'll be on the map. You can get the coordinates mm-hmm. and then you just park your car. And uh, apparently you'll see blue and white lights circling mm-hmm. around uh, kind of to the south side of the bridge, I was told. Okay. Uh, and then you'll hear weeping sounds uh, mm-hmm. and screaming and uh, a woman in a bloodstained blue dress holding her head will appear wow. by the Wow. Gosh. So. Okay. Oh, that's, man. 
I'd be gone by then. <laughs> before the before I saw the apparition, I'd be gone. Oh, All yeah. the other stuff would have scared me enough. Yep. For sound, I'd be out. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, that was, yep, it's legit. Bye. <laughs> okay. But it <laughs> yeah. is fun to talk about. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Spooky stories are super fun to talk about. But yeah. Uh, you got anything else you want to plug or... Like that? Uh, so definitely check out Han Shani yes. as it comes out. Should be September twenty fourth, uh, okay. the release date, and then I'm excited spooky times for yeah for October. And uh, got lots more cooking up. We have Haunted Oklahoma uh, mm. coming up next year. So mm. fifty stories from all over the state. That's exciting. So all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and we can easily do fifty more. Yeah. Like this. Oh gosh. Uh, people will talk about well, you know, Oklahoma's only been settled for a hundred years. And mm. like, well, no, it goes back. Yeah. To some. Uh, Pre-Columbian Mississippian ghosts out in Man. Spyro. Oh, yeah. You don't get much older than that. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you'll have to come back and talk about all that. That'd be oh, cool. for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being here. And um, you guys follow Jeff all over social media. Uh, it's Facebook. Facebook.com slash author, author Jeff Provine. Yeah. Uh, at Jeff Provine and JeffProvine.com. Awesome. All right. And if you guys want to go check out the books I've got for sale, it's on erioki.com. And there's also a membership portion if you want to get episodes a little bit early and also get some after show content that we're about to do right now. So that's all I got. Y'all stay spooky. Thank you.